Controversial movie maker Michael Moore's latest offering takes on the healthcare industry. For maximizing profits, expensive lobbyists, and quality of care, does SICKO accurately depict the state of healthcare in the United States? Or do we need universal healthcare, as many Democratic presidential candidates claim? Guest host Barry Creamer covers it today. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian Worldview for Christ and Culture. Mr. Gorbachev... Tear down this wall. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941. A date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. When Michael Moore decided to make a movie on the healthcare industry, top-level executives were on the defensive. What were they hiding? The intent is to maximize profits. If you denied more people health care, you got a bonus. When you don't spend money on somebody, it's a savings to the company. Man, can you imagine a company in the United States trying to maximize profits? That would be horrendous. On the other hand, uh, there does seem to be a problem with some of the things that go on in our healthcare industry. And so uh, we want to talk about Michael Moore's perspective on that from the movie. We more importantly want to talk about the state of healthcare in the U.S. right now and also uh, whether universal healthcare, as Michael Moore refers to it, which we all know is a fallacy here, but free universal health care is some kind of a solution to that problem. This is Barry Creamer for Jerry Johnson Live, and that trailer that you just heard a moment ago is from uh, a movie or a, hate to call it this, but a documentary or something like that. Michael Moore himself just says it's a piece of art, so uh, we'll see what we think about it as we talk about it through the show today. But it's by Michael Moore, and I'm certainly not promoting the uh, movie, uh, the uh, as one person suggested to me just now, a docu-fiction. Uh, I'm not promoting that movie, not suggesting you go see it. It does have some powerful things in it. The man is a brilliant movie maker or docu-fiction uh, creator or whatever you want to call him. He knows how to put his argument out there, and he's an excellent rhetorician. I think he disguises some things and uh, is uh, deliberately disguising some things so that he can win his case. I don't think he's insincere about it. But uh, I want us to figure out today whether this is something... Uh, worth giving serious consideration to. And I want to know what you think about it also. Now, I do want to be clear here, just like I said a moment ago, we need to separate the movie-making from the issues. Uh, the fact that it is or isn't a good documentary or a good docufiction or a well-made piece of art or whatever is not the same as agreeing with the arguments that are there. So uh, this is something I've, I've discovered in my uh, interaction with a lot of Christians. Sometimes we have a really hard time 
criticizing an argument without slipping into criticizing the human being. And I'm not saying Michael Moore is a good person. I'm not saying that he's a moral person. I don't know anything about him other than the movies that he puts out and how terrible his ideas are. But I don't have to attack him personally in order to uh, take a look at the ideas that he puts out in this uh, product of his. So as we're talking today, and when I invite you to call in, and I do want you to call in in a little bit. By the way, I'll give you the number now in case you already know you're going to call in. It's 1-800-881-9270. Or you can email talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. If you're interested in doing that, uh, don't call in and tell me how evil Michael Moore is or how terrible he is or something like that. Now, if you've seen it, obviously, we're going to be interested in getting you to call in and tell us what you thought about the movie and what impacted you about it. I have to say, he's very subtle and very intelligent in how he weds together some ideas that I think are true and are clearly uh, something that would bother us as Americans in our healthcare industry, but how he weds that with an idea for a solution that's absolutely unnecessary in terms of response to the problem. And so uh, he blends it together so well that I think a lot of us uh, have to give a second thought to it before we realize what he's talked us into. So I want to talk clearly about it. I want us to understand it clearly. But as we're pulling things out here that we're going to talk about, let me make a couple of things Uh, well, separate a couple of things or make them clear for you right now. First of all, uh, there is an issue about whether our healthcare industry is good enough right now. We need to talk about that, but that's not all. There is a question of whether universal healthcare would be better. Uh, Obviously, I disagree with that. I think some other people disagree with that, but that's not the only issue also. There's also an issue about core American values and our foundation, what makes us a nation to begin with. We are not purely pragmatic in who we are as a nation. We, ha- we actually have some basic values that are founded not on whether they work better than anything else or not, but on the fact that we believe certain things about the worth of individual human beings and about the rights that are inherent in being that kind of a person. I want us to consider that also. So uh, I know we have one caller right now, uh, Rob from Dallas. Kind of want to hear what you have to think about the movie. Did you see the movie, Rob? Yes, sir. My wife and I did see the movie. Fantastic. And what was interesting about it is, I can't say whether or not he is right on the money, but he is very close to uh, reality in this sense. So let me ask you this. When you say he's close to reality, on what is he close to reality? Uh, like, like, for instance, uh, with the insurance that my wife and I have, right. uh, we would be prescribed a certain type of medication, but because of the cost of that medication, right. we were actually forced to go with a substitute, which may sure. not be as effective. Sure, yeah. And, and not also that, but what was most interesting is I was talking to some workmates earlier today, and we were talking about how the government uh, had forced a writer who can, uh, who has basically a book that shows how you can eat natural foods and be able to cure certain diseases. Right. Uh-huh. And that the government says that if he publishes this book, that he'll be arrested. Right, right. because why? he's practicing medicine without a license or something like that? Well, I'm not sure why, but it's just so <laughs> ironic, though, for it you is. to have a government step in and it is. say, it's, well, you know what, you know, don't you publish this book. It is, it's very frustrating. It's that. almost like censorship. Now, now, Rob, what I want to ask you is this. You, you, you can answer however you want. I want to encourage right. you to answer honestly and sincerely. Uh, I know you will. <laughs> I'm just kind of teasing about right. that. But I, I know you're going to know where this question is leading, but I really do want an honest answer from you. I, I don't think anybody's going to disagree 
agree with you. If they saw this movie, uh, this docufiction, that they would know that it is true about a lot of the criticisms that it raises about the American healthcare industry right now. We, we right. know there are serious problems in it. Did you, though, find yourself, because you agreed so strongly with those individual cases, you know, like the woman whose daughter died, for instance, right. Uh, right. did you find yourself agreeing so strongly with those cases that when he brought up his solution, it just looked like so obviously the only thing we could do that you just found yourself saying, you know, that that just seems like what we ought to be doing. Why aren't we doing that? Did you did you find yourself kind of following his line of thinking like that? No, I didn't. Because oh, good for you. <laughs> right. Because after evaluating the movie, I kind of like use basically uh, the ideology is, is if you eat steak all day, that's not good for you. But if you have a full course meal, you yeah. have your vegetables, your meats. In this case, with medicine, you know, you could go to a slight touch of socialist type of, medi- uh, of, of, of an insurance. Yet in other ways, you could turn around and, you know, have variations that now, will apply to each That's really interesting that you would bring it up that way because I want to ask you another question, Rob. Right now, would you agree that we have... Uh, some elements, because of the government regulations that are involved in all of this, but also because of how the HMOs came into power, basically through our government's uh, opportunity. Through you know, if you watch the movie, you know how he refers back to Richard Nixon's uh, instigation right. of this HMO approach. Yeah. Um, so you know, if you look at all that, don't you get kind of a sense that in our healthcare industry right now, we're already kind of piecemeal. We have, we still have a for-profit motive. But we're trying to offer it as an entitlement to the people who are out there in the world. Do you understand what I mean by that? Um, fairly. I- yeah, I want to. I, I, we're going to talk about it some more later on in the show. And I, I just right. want to thank you, Rob, for calling. Uh, that's tremendous input, and that'll help us get started on this movie. If there's anybody out there listening, and you're in the healthcare industry, you work for a pharmaceutical company, or you're a physician yourself, or a nurse who works in the healthcare industry, you work in an emergency room, or or you're a hospital administrator, or you're one of the people that forms the connection between the hospital and the insurance companies. I know some folks who do that. Their whole job is just making sure that the hospital gets insurance money. I know. I know a lady who's in entire job is spending her whole day pursuing insurance companies who've already agreed to give money to the doctor. Her entire job is to get those insurance companies to actually cut a check and get it to the doctor. If there's somebody like that out there, it doesn't matter whether you're the administrator, the physician, the the, the nurse, whoever you happen to be in the healthcare industry, I would love to hear from you what you think about the things that are in Michael Moore's movie. If you haven't seen the movie, we'll try to give you enough of a picture of it here that you have an idea of what's going on. I don't think there are any surprises is in it. And uh, we'd like to know what you think about it, how accurate it is, and uh, whether you agree with his solution or not, certainly, which his solution, of course, is universal health care, meaning socialized medicine. He uh, wants something like the British system, system, nationalized health care system. So uh, we want to know what you think about it. Give us an idea. Uh, Again, the number is 1-800-881-9270 or talk at Jerry Johnson Live. Give us an idea of what you think. Now, uh, as we're talking about all of this, the, the real issue for me is that last one that I mentioned, which is American values and uh, our foundations. And you might say, well, I I don't see what that has to do with this. But in that trailer that we heard right at the beginning of this segment, uh, he, uh, Michael Moore, arranges it to sound in that trailer as if it's obvious that a for-profit motive is inherently evil. But you see, even Michael Moore knows, and, and he admits this in his movie, although not in so many words, and I'm not sure he recognizes the hypocrisy in what he's presented, 
that profit is not the problem. Uh, he speaks in the movie, he presents uh, in the movie, an interview that he does with this uh, physician in London. He has basically presented London's health care system, shown a man who dislocated his shoulder and goes to an emergency room, gets health care for practically nothing. In fact, it does cost nothing. He goes into the hospital, they take care of it, they fix it for nothing, and uh, in he gets his prescriptions for six pounds and something or another, so about ten bucks. And uh, everything's taken care of, and he says, now why don't we do this in the United States? Why aren't we taking taking care of each other in the same way. And and then the natural answer for us is, well, we want to pay our doctors well, and we want good doctors and not cheap doctors, and we want to be able to choose our doctors. So he starts to address some of those questions by saying, well, the London doctors are paid just fine. And so he finds a doctor to interview who drives an Audi and lives in a million-dollar home, and uh, he comes to the conclusion that it must be okay to be a doctor in London since you can drive an Audi and live in a million-dollar home. Now, just explain to me what he said uh, by doing that. What he said was, doctors can make a healthy profit in London. London by practicing medicine, which means profit is not the problem, even in Michael Moore's mind. The problem in Michael Moore's mind is that the amount of profit can be determined by the individual instead of by the government, because even that doctor, and Michael Moore certainly agrees with this, points out that if you want to live in a two or three million dollar home, you couldn't do that in London. You'd have to stick to the million dollar home or drive one Audi instead of four. They're making it a joke as if you don't have enough uh, with one Audi and a million dollar home. But the point of the joke, what they don't get is that you don't have the right to determine how much you have. You don't have the right to work for a profit. Instead, you work for an amount of money that the government has determined it takes to get the right kind of people interested in having that job. And that is a different economic and social system than what the United States is about altogether. So uh, we have some others, I think, that are on the phone now. I'd love to get a comment real quickly from Brian in Arlington. Uh, yes, I uh, wanted to say that um, I, I completely believe that our health care system in the United States is broken. I can understand that. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of the influence to our politicians comes from pharmaceutical companies. There's no doubt about that. Sure. There's basically three to one lobbyists for every congressman in the in the state. I mean, in the nation's capital. Sure. Um, that combined with, uh, you know, I've got to be honest, I have not seen the Michael Moore movie, yeah. uh, but I have to commend him for making the movie. Uh, and I wouldn't go so far as to call it a mockumentary or docufiction because <laughs> uh, it is based on some true occurrences and right. true things that happened. But I would say I'm just glad he made it and got the country talking. Yeah, I just want to say, uh, Brian, if you want to hang on the line to talk afterwards, it's fine. Uh, we've uh, got a couple others on the line also. Sure. I'll encourage them to hold on to be able to talk after the break. But I do want to say uh, we're not calling it a docufiction because there's nothing true in it. Uh, in fact, I, you know, that's just kind of a mocking term that we're using to have fun with it. But I, I will say this. Uh, along with the truths, there is enough deception that we have to be really careful with it. And that's what makes all deception really dangerous, that there's a little truth tucked underneath it. This is Barry Creamer for Jerry Johnson Live. Join us again right after the break. Generations of ministry leaders have one common point, a ministry education from the Criswell College in Dallas. To date, ministry leaders from the Criswell College are in service all over the world. With the fall term just around the corner, your education can follow this same distinguished path. An education from Chriswell is grounded on the Christian worldview, witness, and God's Word, the Bible. 
The word and worldview focus of Chris Wall gives you a more effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ and prepares you for kingdom service. The fall semester registration is August 15th, 16th, and 17th. Classes begin August 20th. See chriswell.edu for details on classes and the Master of Arts in Christian Leadership degree. Chriswell students are ready for the challenges of today's ministry environment. Classes in evangelism, missions, preaching, communications, all are fully accredited and small class sizes point the focus to your success. Find out more at 800-899-0012 and on the web at chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. Hey, welcome back to Jerry Johnson Live. Glad to be talking to you again. Again, we're talking about uh, healthcare industry in the United States today. We're talking about it from the perspective of Michael Moore's uh, commentary. I want, to, I want you to hear a little bit more of the trailer from Michael Moore's commentary. I want America to have the finest health care in the world. Four health care lobbyists for every member of Congress. Here's what it costs to buy these men and this woman, this guy, and this guy. And the United States slipped to 37 in health care around the world, just slightly ahead of Slovenia. <laughs> now, all of that attack on the American health care industry, that it's purchasing congressmen and that it has brought us to a point where we're below Slovenia. Wouldn't you hate to be from Slovenia after hearing that trailer? But anyway, that it's brought us to a point of being uh, just ahead of Slovenia in our health care quality. Uh, all of that's from Michael Moore's Sicko, a commentary on the healthcare industry. And I just want to agree with what Brian was saying a moment ago in one aspect uh, of this commentary and uh, Michael Moore's work or this docufiction or whatever we're going to call it. Um, I, I do want to say I admire Michael Moore for one reason, and that is he's not afraid to uh, attack people on what he believes. I think he's dead wrong. I, I disagree with him adamantly. I think he's obnoxious in a lot of ways, and I also think he he undermines the truth by using rhetoric uh, to disguise what he knows or some facts in order to accomplish what he wants to do politically. So I don't, I don't want this compliment to go unabated, but I do want to say I admire a guy who's willing to say to a powerful industry, I'm coming after you, and uh, just see what you can do about it. So uh, I, I will agree with you, Brian, there. I appreciate somebody being willing to say something about even this industry. It's a powerful industry, and they have a, a lot going for them. And, you know, I'll say with that, he was willing in this uh, work that he put out to criticize even old friends. Hillary Clinton uh, takes a beating in this uh, documentary. She uh, is represented, of course, uh, uh, favorably in light of having promoted universal health care under Bill Clinton's administration, but then she takes a lot of heat for being a senator who has been also uh, subsidized by the health care industry. And uh, even though he was encouraged not to put that in the film, I understand, having read about it a little bit, uh, he put it in anyway. So I want to remind you, this is not just a Michael Moore pet uh, project. This is something a lot of the uh, uh, presidential candidates even now, Democratic presidential candidates, have adopted. And Hillary Clinton, from the beginning of announcing her presidential candidacy, has made this one of her stock issues. One of the goals that I will be presenting is health insurance for every child and universal health care for every American. That will be you know, a very major part of my campaign. The whole idea is get everyone in America to have health care as good as all of those people around the world who have perfect health care, and it's provided free, unlimited, free health care for everyone else in the world. What on earth are we doing wrong? Now, I've got a caller on the line, uh, David in Mesquite, who had a comment I think might uh, might be interesting for this particular segment. David, are you still there? 
Yes, I'm here. And thanks for holding through the break. Uh, what's yeah, going on? Well, I just wanted to comment, when it comes to national health care systems, especially in Britain and Canada, those that can afford it, avoid it like the plague. They go to private physicians or they buy private health insurance because the national health care systems are uh, in many ways very uh, slow and inefficient sometimes to respond to their needs. Yeah, I, I do not want to be caught in that trap. Yeah, I've heard other I've, people say that too. Yeah, I know I've heard of stories of people in Canada who have serious illnesses who come across the border into the U.S. to get treated because the Canadian system is uh, delaying so long in starting their treatment. Right, and you know, there are always pockets where care is worse and pockets where care is better. Uh, and we, when we hear stories like that, we always have to question it and say, well, you know, how much validity is there to that? But there is some validity to it from people who've been there and seen it, uh, you know, uh, as eyewitnesses of it. In fact, uh, we had a, a guest not too long ago uh, who recently told Dr. Jerry Johnson about her perspective on universal health care, uh, the president of the National Center for Public Policy Research, Amy Ridenow. I happen to know something about universal health care and how it's been applied in Canada and Britain and France and Sweden and so forth, and it kills people. I mean, that's, that's, that's all there is to it. Uh, the bottom line for a person who's researched this and cares about it and knows about it is that it ends up killing people. Now, I, I'm just going to say from the beginning, that doesn't mean that it's the worst possibility out there because our health care system kills some people, too. Well, we can't deny that. There is, there is health care that is denied to people that brings about their death. We can't pretend that's not true. But saying that our health care system is not is not what it should be right now. It may be the best. I don't know. But it's not what it should be right now. But that's not the same as saying that it should be handed over to the, to the federal government for a nationalized universal health care system. All right, we've got Linda. You've been holding through the break, too. Thanks so much for holding so long, Linda. What do you have for us today? Well, I just wanted to say that I agree with Brian. Our system is broken, uh, whether it's due to insurance company involvement, drug right. company uh, you know, whatever, it is broken. I very recently, within the last two months, uh, experienced um, health care uh, in France. Oh, yeah, I they they have a socialized medical system, so this will be perfect. Med- yes, and I Good. experienced that firsthand, and I was traveling on business and had an extremely bad re- allergic reaction uh, to a food, something I had eaten, and right. within... 20 minutes, there was a doctor in my hotel room. I got an exam, a shot, uh, and three prescriptions, and it cost me 100 euro. He wouldn't even look at my insurance card. You know, of course, you know, the first you had thing travel I insurance. Look out my insurance card, and he's looking at me like I'm, you know, a crazy person. Did you have travel insurance? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, no, no, just my regular health oh, insurance. Oh, oh, I got you. All over the world, and, you know, dumb me didn't think, oh, well, this is socialized medicine, you know. Right, right. But but I will say this: I got a doctor's visit and a shot for about, about two hundred dollars, twenty U.S. dollars. Oh, and nowhere in the United States now could you get that. And my three prescriptions were less than fifty American dollars. So and does that course, does that Linda does that uh, make you say, "Wow, I wish we had that system here"? Because I could understand that if you felt that yes. way. Yes, it did very okay. much. In fact, um, but, but I had a long. But are there other things about France that bother you? The food. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good enough for me. I can go with no, that. But, you know, actually, what was interesting was that I had a long discussion with uh, one of my coworkers after we got back, 
and uh, we were talking about the the system in France and and he said yes but you have to realize that they also get taxed on their income oh. a lot more than we do oh uh, in incomparable yes and so you know and what I have to I, I always go back to my grandfather my grandfather was a doctor my yeah. father's uh, father and good I remember my father telling us stories about how he would go out got to get there quick house calls yeah and you get paid with a chicken or yeah some, right you know, right something. and doctors could actually pra- practice medicine they don't practice medicine now they're too worried about being sued yeah that's exactly right now practice suits are a real problem right now it, it really is yeah. and it's really sad I, I will say this my one experience with socialized medicine was very was very good pleasant. sure I can and understand that let me uh, let me throw in that uh, in France for instance there's a there's a mention of this actually in the movie he considers it a positive thing I think it's revelatory it's not very positive at all that uh, an employee had cancer he was getting treatment he needed uh, a little time to recover he had that time and his employer was paying him during that time and then it was time for him to go back to work and he said to his doctor you know I really don't feel like going back to work yet. I need a little more recovery time. You watch the documentary, you'll, you'll, you'll see I'm not exaggerating this. And the physician said, well, okay, what do you think you need? About three months? I'll give you three months. And he gave him three months, and we saw pictures of him reclining on the beach in the Riviera, having a good time, out on boats with his friends. And he said, but you know, I needed that time to recover and to get back. And during that time, he was paid 65% of his salary by the government, and the other 35% by an employer which was being neglected, the work that that employee should have been giving him. But he's being forced to pay the 35% on top of their exorbitant confiscatory income taxes. Not like ours aren't, but theirs are even more. Gene, I know you're on the line. You've been holding. We've got to be kind of quick, but I really want to hear what you have to say if you're still there. Gene, you still there? Oh, um, yeah, you still there? Hello? Yeah, Gene. Uh, it's Jane. Jane, I'm sorry, I got you okay. wrong. You're a nurse, I understand. I am, yeah. and I so have a couple think? comments because yes. uh, my husband and I lived in Germany for six years, and uh, several of our friends that were there, uh, they obviously have socialized medicine, yeah. and they thought it was great uh, when they needed it, but they also were paying over 50% of their salary to uh, taxes. Yeah, no surprise there. So there's no free lunch. That's You're exactly right. You're going to have right. to pay it one way or the other. Yeah. Definitely, I feel things are very much broken. Uh, Here? I think we need yes, yes I think okay. we need to have things fixed right. Um, right. I think we need to distribute how we're going to to give insurance right. uh, more broadly right um you know, I think, it, I, I think part of the problem, Jean, uh, Jane, sorry about that. I think part of the problem, Jane, is that, you know, we expect health care for every single thing to be provided for us. And mm-hmm. then we want it to be provided just because we flip out a card that we paid very little money for, we hope. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. And then they'll cover no matter what the expense is, no matter how many hundreds of thousands of dollars, they'll give it to us right. for 10 bucks and we go home. And we don't have to pay half of our income into income tax. So, well, I, I also read in England about a woman who had a gallbladder, uh, was having gallbladder attacks, and that was not considered an emergency. Yeah, see, that's so the difference. She was, she was put off for three years, and she finally took a gun to the hospital and said, you will take my gallbladder out today, <laughs> or I'm going to shoot somebody. <laughs> Maybe not and the best approach. And they finally did it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it depends on what they think is extreme. And also, the doctor that has a million-dollar house in London surely is not being paid by the social um, 
the, uh, oh no, he uh, is by national by by NHS. That the, the yes, guy in London. Yes, he is, but he also has private plans. He does have some, pri- but but he was talking about his NHS income, and it was substantial. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's not free. It's not freely it's allowed. Free. The issue is that you know when we in our country we want freedom, but we want freedom and we want everything we can imagine that ought to be ours, including perfect health, no matter what risks we've taken, and we want that perfect health to be provided for us by someone else, no matter what it costs them, but we don't want it to cost us anything. We want to figure out a way to have a free lunch, and it's just not going to work. So we have a lot more to talk about here because there are some other things to compare, education, libraries, all those kinds of things. So we'll be back in a few minutes after this informative break on Jerry Johnson Live. listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. All right, welcome back. We're uh, talking today as I substitute for Jerry Johnson. Uh, we're talking about uh, nationalized health care, social, socialized medicine. We're talking about the, the docudrama fiction uh, manufactured art product of uh, Michael Moore called Sicko also. So if you've seen that or if you're in the healthcare industry, you have an interest in this, I want you to give us a call. We've got someone holding on the line we're going to get to in just a minute. But, you know, before that, I, I just want to say to you, man, was it a mess in downtown today or what? It was horrible. Those explosions and the fire and the, the highways being shut down. So, you know, with that kind of a mess, what we've decided is we're going to nationalize the acetylene welding bottle provider industry. And so uh, the only solution we can come up with is to hand that industry to the federal government because there are these catastrophic problems, uh, whether it was occasional or common. There are these catastrophic problems, and I I can't think of anybody I trust more than a federal government bureaucrat to... uh, solve the problem. I mean, that, 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 that should do the job. Anyway, I want you to listen to a little more of the trailer for uh, uh, Michael Moore's Sicko. I get a bill from my insurance company telling me that the ambulance ride wasn't pre-approved. I don't know when I was supposed to pre-approve it. After I gained consciousness in the car, before I got in the ambulance. I'm telling you, I, I, I believe those stories. I, I, I see experiences like that all of the time happening, and they happen to me, too. Uh, my son went to the uh, emergency room the other day. They, checked, they didn't check him into the hospital. He just went to the emergency room, and so our insurance pre-approved what we were going to do. They took care of the need that he had, which was pretty minor, and they sent him home. And we had already paid our part of the deductible. We'd walked out of the hospital, bill paid. Then we get a bill for $23 and something cents. Now, why would we have to pay a bill for uh, something where we already paid the deductible and so on. Well, if they had checked him into the hospital, which would have cost the insurance company who knows how much more money, if they had checked him into the hospital, the insurance company would have paid the full amount that the hospital had asked for. But since they didn't check him into the hospital, the insurance company didn't cover that part of just coming to the emergency room and leaving. So it actually cost the insurance company more and uh, less and us more because we chose to take him home and they chose not to check him into the hospital. It's unbelievable. I hear stories like that all of the time. Well, Mari's on the phone uh, in Dallas, I believe, and uh, I think you came from uh, an, a country that has socialized health care, so tell us about your experience. Actually, hi. Um, hi. I really object to the term socialized medicine because that okay. has the connotation that it is free, 
and a national healthcare system like they have in Australia or the UK or Canada is not free. It's paid for by a percentage of salary taxes. Sure. The people that work pay for it, so it is not free. So it bothers you. It'll bother you at the beginning of the next segment. This next trailer <laughs> that we're going to have is where Michael but, Moore is saying it's free universal health care. Well, it's not free. You know, they say it's free, but it isn't. And Australia's had a national health care system since 1975, and in fact, they call it Medicare. Um, <laughs> huh. There are many doctors that are on the board that was formed initially when they made the decisions about who was going to get paid and what, mm-hmm. and it also included the healthcare providers. Um, the difference in Australia, too, I think, with healthcare is that, um, as a rule, um, employers do not pay for health insurance. Right. It is a personal choice, or you have Medicare. Um, you can choose to have private coverage. And the difference between the two systems, whether you have private coverage or not, if you only have Medicare, then you have pretty much have free access to any physician. Right. Um, or you just show up at the local hospital okay. and they give you whoever happens to be on call. That that's day if you don't have private insurance. That's right. That's if you don't have the private. If you have a private insurance, you can go to your primary care physician and say, look, I want to go and see Dr. Smith to have my gallbladder removed. Right. And you get to go and see Dr. Smith to have your gallbladder removed. But Yeah. Now, but- there are some pros and cons. First of all, the pros, everyone has access to health care in Australia. Mm-hmm. If you work there, if you're a citizen, if you live there, if you're on a visa, you have access to health care. You get a little card that tells you that you can take this card to any physician or any hospital and you will be treated. Right. And it's like a credit card. They swipe the card right. and the charges go straight through to the government and they pay the physician or the hospital directly. Okay. The interesting thing about that, initially when they set it up in 1975, the physicians were very cautious about um, direct billing the government because they were afraid that they weren't going to get paid very much. But after a couple of years, they found that they actually got paid more than when they were getting paid directly by the insurance company or by the individual sure. seeing them. Right. And they also cut out a lot of the costs that they had in trying to recoup non-payers. Right. And, that, you know, there are a tr- tremendous number of complicating factors that are going on in the U.S. also that makes this uh, more complicated than it seems for the doctors to make more mm-hmm. through, uh, the, uh, through, through the money they make from Medicare, for instance, or from Social Security, you know, income that, that, or, or uh, you know, income for the poor, uh, the Medicaid stuff and the Medicare stuff. They might make more money uh, doing all that kind of stuff. But the amount of money they're spending on malpractice insurance... I'm sure more than compensates well, for whatever improvements they've there is thing that a lot of people aren't aware of, like in Dallas, for instance. Parkland um, delivered 32,000 right. babies last year that right. were to illegal aliens who had absolutely yeah. no yeah. health coverage. Yeah, and I figured you were going to bring that up. That, that, so, that is an issue. That's part, of, that's part of what's going on here. Uh, I am a registered nurse, so I'm aware of what's going on. Ah, I work in an area of yeah. health care where I do... Um, chart reviews. Yeah. But anyway, getting back to the pros. Yeah, on Australia. Mm-hmm. Is that you have a co copay. Got to be real quick now. Extremely affordable. It's like twenty five dollars, and you can see any physician for okay. whatever. All right. Um, you have a copay for hospital stay, and it's around about a hundred dollars. Right. The coverage for healthcare includes dental, optical, and prescription coverage, and you have copays for all of those areas. Right. Um, the cons. There is some abuse of the system. Yeah, sure. And the, but we have some abuse of our system, too, so we know that. And they do it here, too. Right. Um, and sometimes you do have to be on a waiting list. It just right. depends on how many people need to have that surgery and whether there's time available because physicians have 
yeah. only certain numbers of hours in a day to do surgery. So yeah. in those cases, you may be on a waiting list for a couple of weeks. Yeah, fantastic. I never had to wait for any kind of health care. You know, here's the deal, uh, and this is, uh, this is Mari, who's been talking to us from Australia. Tremendous call. Uh, thanks for all that information. It's very helpful to us. Because of this, I, I just want to say, a person could sit right here and show me a nationalized health care system that is working with tremendous fluidity that shares many of the same health care values that we might share as Americans, which I don't think anybody could demonstrate right now. But if they did, even if they succeeded at all of that, it would not change my fundamental objection to nationalizing or socializing the health care industry or providing what people think of as free health care paid for by uh, most of your income tax. Uh, my fundamental objection is to the nature of taking out our view of freedom and what we understand as a country that motivates people to go into an industry to do the things that they do and to serve in the way that they do. Um, it's, it's a complicated issue, but I really do want to get back to it. In the final segment, in the last 15 minutes, we will get back to it. Uh, of course, uh, as Mari pointed out, and as all of us know, there really is no free lunch. I mean, the old joke uh, that uh, my, <laughs> my producer was just uh, reminding me of is the, the, the new 1040 income tax form comes out and has just two lines. You know, the first line is, how much did you make? And the second line, send it in. That's the whole idea. And, you know, we're headed that direction. It's all coming down to, hey, we need everybody. Look, there are people out here who don't have housing. We need the federal government to provide them with housing. Oh, yeah, we've already done that. I forgot. Uh, oh, let, let's try something else. Do you know how many people I run into who need money for gas? You know, I ride DART sometimes. I get on it. I ride the TRE over here to Dallas, and I'll get on the bus or the or the light rail, and I'll go uh, I'll go out to uh, and I'll ride over to the Criswell College from there. And when somebody approaches me, ninety nine percent of the time, if somebody talks to me anywhere on the DART lines, it's in order to ask for money. And most of the time that they ask for money, it's in order to have enough gas to get to here or there because they've run out of... So, you know, it seems obvious to me. you got these poor people constantly needing somewhere to go and not able to get there because they don't have gas money. We need to nationalize the uh, distribution of gasoline to people who don't have it. I mean, we just need to care for each other the way Michael Moore says in the healthcare industry. But we know we don't want to do that because we want people to be motivated by good decisions to make their money honestly by working and creating a business. We want to make them be honest, but we don't have a right to just confiscate people's property so that they can meet other people's needs. Now, if all of this is so good in these countries uh, where nationalized medicine is practiced, and man, I've, countries I've been to uh, have talked about how better their health care is. I've been on a medical uh, mission trip to uh, India, Joy India. You know, why are we treating people there? Why has President Bush sent the USNS Comfort down into Latin and Central America in order to treat uh, the impoverished people who are there? Uh, Michael Moore sort of ends his docu-fiction drama mentory art piece with a, a trip to Cuba, to Guantanamo Bay, and then into Cuba to get treatment for his people in Cuba. Why is it then that the uh, USNS, the you know the naval ship Comfort, has treated thirty five thousand Central Americans in about fifteen days. When this article was written in July, uh, July eighth, 
they had treated 35,000 Central Americans, and they were going into places in Central America, different different uh, nations and different cities. They were stopping and import. They would go in. They would fill up gymnasiums with people who were not being treated, including in countries that had national health care systems. And those people would be in line waiting to get treated. And the, the fear, the worry of the people who were on the comfort was simply that we were raising expectations and not being able to meet them because so many were being turned away. So they're getting free health care. It's universal. It's available. I mean, what's wrong with us as Americans thinking that uh, we don't need to care for each other? So uh, uh, I want us to keep talking about this. The issue is serious. Uh, we're going to come back to it a little more after the break also. But uh, along the way to the break, I just want to point out one deception on Michael Moore's part. Uh, he hides the facts about this Medicare Prescription Drug Improvement and Modernization Act from 2005. He criticizes it, saying some poor uh, older folks are still paying as much or more for their pharmaceuticals as they were before. Well, you know, if we're going to give uh, just uh, single examples of what's going on and, and making the argument that way, man, my grandmother received the benefit of that tremendously. She had a, a huge chunk of her income so that she had basically no disposable income before that act was passed. And after it was passed, now she's got money to spend. My kids are getting gifts from their grandmother for their birthday because of that act. There are things that are broken. There are things that aren't broken. Let's figure out what they are when you come back to Jerry Johnson Live after the break. Generations of ministry leaders have one common point, a ministry education from the Criswell College in Dallas. To date, ministry leaders from the Criswell College are in service all over the world. With the fall term just around the corner, your education can follow this same distinguished path. An education from Criswell is grounded on the Christian worldview, witness, and God's Word, the Bible. The Word and Worldview focus of Criswell gives you a more effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ and prepares you for kingdom service. The fall semester registration is August 15th, 16th, and 17th. Classes begin August 20th. See chriswell.edu for details on classes and the Master of Arts in Christian Leadership degree. Chriswell students are ready for the challenges of today's ministry environment. Classes in evangelism, missions, preaching, communications, all are fully accredited and small class sizes point the focus to your success. Find out more at 800-899-0012 and on the web at chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. Hey, we're talking about nationalized health care today in the light of Michael Moore's docudrama, mentary fiction thing that uh, called SICKO, which advocates universal health care, nationalized health care. And so I want you to hear another uh, intro or trailer from that movie. There was actually one place on American soil that had free universal health care. Which way to Guantanamo Bay? Detainees representing a threat to our national security are given access to top-notch medical facilities. Permission to enter. I have three 9-11 rescue workers. They just want some medical attention. The same kind that the evildoers are getting. Hello? We want free universal health care. That's what we're looking for. Hey, if you are an employee, you work in the uh, health care industry in the U.S., if you are a physician, if you're a nurse, a care provider, if you are an administrator in a hospital or you work in a hospital in some other capacity or work for a physician and you understand some of these issues, maybe that I don't understand or that we haven't talked about today and you'd like to share them with us, you can call in at 1-800-881-9270 or you can email uh, talk at com. 
Live.com. So feel free to uh, give us some input today and your ideas. Now, uh, this idea that there is free health care provided for the folks on Guantanamo Bay, I mean, uh, it's not free. Uh, David Cook was here a little while back and shared with Jerry Johnson uh, that socialized medicine, national health care, is possible, but it comes at a cost. Well, I can tell you, you can have a British healthcare system if you're willing to pay the level of taxation that it costs. You can have a British healthcare system if you take away choice from the individuals and you have to go to set doctors in set times. You can have a British healthcare system if you're willing to accept the delays. Now, this is not a man who's just speaking from opinions that he hears from other people. This is a a Scott. He knows what he's talking about. He lives over there in the U.K. and over here. So um, we're not talking about people who are speaking from ignorance. We're talking about people who are there. Now, to be honest with you, I think some people would respond to that by saying, well, we're already paying that kind of a uh, that kind of a cost at um, uh, it, through the through the insurance premiums that our companies are paying when they provide for us our private medical insurance. And so why not just pay it to the federal government instead, and maybe we'll get a better system, a system that's not broken. You know, this is intelligently one of the things Michael Moore makes clear in the movie. He starts out saying it's not about the people who aren't insured. He's not making the movie about that. He's not making it about the poor who are uncovered. He's making the movie about people who have insurance and cannot get medical care because their insurance company doesn't want to pay for it, because there is a fundamental conflict of interest in the insurance companies. The conflict of interest is they get to choose who gets health care often, and if they choose for the person to get health care, it costs them money. That is a problem. I'll admit that. But the problem for me that's most significant is that we give up what is about America distinct and unique in order to pursue a solution like that, even if it worked. I wouldn't be sold on it. Well, Carol in Dallas, I know you have a comment on this. Uh, tell us who you are, and thanks for calling. Uh, yes, my name is Carol. I'm from Dallas, and I'm a registered nurse. All right, good. Um, part of the comment that I want to make has to do with uh, what the healthcare industry does. Um, as a registered nurse, and I'm in a critical care area, I've been a nurse for 30 years. Uh-huh. The doctor next to me and my, I myself could be sued on any given day for yeah. a decision that we make regarding a patient. Right. My husband is an accountant. He's been an accountant for 30 years. He never runs the risk of being sued, or most likely does not. He makes double, maybe even If he's living and pay. breathing, he's at risk of being sued. If he's well, got money, he's at risk yeah. of being sued. But I know and, what you're saying. But, I know yeah. what you mean. And he makes double the salary that I do. Oh, now he's definitely going to be sued. My oldest son works in the computer industry, and he makes triple the salary that I do. You realize you're putting all these people on a hit list for people out there that want to sue somebody with money. Go ahead. I'm just <laughs> Well, I just want to make a comment about how what we enter into every single day is our work. I right. work as a nurse because I love my job. Right. I love helping people. Right. And I have talked with people who have lived in other countries that they could not even get dialysis after a certain age. Right. You know, we have that freedom here. Yeah, we yeah. We have the freedom to choose our own doctors, Yeah, and, and we have the freedom to choose where we want to go. That's, that's just a sacrifice we do not want to make, because what we will be doing is saying, I'm going to pay into a system which is going to determine, based on values I may or may not share with them, what medical care is and isn't provided for. And I, I agree that the HMOs shouldn't be able to make that decision based on their values either, but giving it to the federal government is certainly not going to make it better. 
and uh, Carol, you've uh, you've reiterated that for us today. This malpractice problem in your in your practice. Do you have any idea what your physician's uh, malpractice insurance is each month or each year or anything like no, that? No, I have no idea. But I do know a lot of gynecologists or obstetricians that have stopped doing it because of the fact that they could no longer afford the uh, malpractice insurance. Yeah, I I also know physicians who've given up the practice because they mm-hmm. cannot afford the malpractice insurance. And there's a there's also a plus and a minus about that. Now I, I do want to add that uh, when we're when, when we're approaching things as Americans, we're caught in this trap, and it's a good trap to be in, to be honest. Uh, but we're caught in this trap that we could solve some problems, but in order to solve them, we have to give up freedom, and uh, we're not willing to do that. We choose to let criminals go free because we would rather a criminal be free than an innocent man be in prison. And that's part of the part of the risk of being an American. So I know you see that all of the time. Um, Listen, uh, we want – this is basically the issue. As Americans, we want boundless care. We want care to remove a mole. We want care for plastic surgery. We want care for everything. And we want it – now, if we – especially if we go towards socialized medicine, we want it from a profitless provider. Now, let me just explain what that means in an American system where people are free to do what they want to do with their lives. That means we want someone to give us everything we can imagine health-wise, which is one of the highest priorities we have in our culture. We want them to give it to us without taking anything for themselves from it. And that's absurd. We cannot do that in this culture. You cannot do that in a free society and pretend that you're still going to be free. We can we can uh, hear People who are, and I'm not trying to say this in an ad hominem way, but socialists, we can hear them tout the solution of things by eliminating the profit motive. But in reality, the profit motive is what forces people to take to make smart decisions, to avoid uh, unwise risks, and to lead lives that are responsible and accountable. It is the profit motive that keeps us doing that. That's what accountability is about in American capitalist culture. I know capitalist is used in such a way now it almost sounds like a bad word. It is not a bad word. In fact, I'll contend to you, I know I wish we had time to argue about this if somebody was interested in calling an argument, but we don't have time now for you to do that. But I'm telling you, it's the only ethical way to maintain a free society and still give people the opportunity to do the things that they want to pursue. Our desire in our country to reduce risk has led us from insurance to Social Security and then finally to welfare, where we basically say you're at no risk. No matter what you do in your life, no matter what you do with your money, no matter how you spend your time, whether you get an education or not, whether you provide for yourself in the future or not, whether you maintain family relations or not, it's okay. We'll take care of you. The government will take care of you. We ought to take care of each other. That's exactly right. And, and Michael Moore's right. When he looks at Canada and he looks at other countries and he hears people say, well, we just think we ought to take care of each other. He's right. I had a friend say this to me the other day. We ought to take better care of each other. You're right. We ought to take better care of each other. But you know who ought to be doing that? Churches ought to be doing that. People who love the Lord ought to be doing it. For Jerry Johnson Live, Barry Creamer. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.